0: Welcome to the lose your cravings podcast, taking a different approach to reducing your cravings once and for all with your host Kisa Amaro certified integrative health coach. Well, welcome back my friends. I'm Kisa Amaro and I help ambitious women manage their emotional eating without deprivation or complicated meal plans so they can show up fully in their life and their career. And if you would like to get your hands on amazing resources that help you dive deeper into the topics I share on the show around emotional eating, cravings, mindset, and body image, then head on over to my Lose Your Cravings Patreon community. As a Patreon subscriber, you get exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content, private workshops, free digital downloads, there's a lot going on there. And now I have an easier way for you to join you can start a free seven-day trial on my Transformation tier. You will get access to workshops, behind-the-scenes, and digital digital downloads that support the work that we do here on the podcast for free. That is huge, my friends. So try it out. You have nothing to lose. Just head on over to patreon.com slash loseyourcravings. I'll also put the link in the show notes. Choose the transformation tier and sign up for your free trial. I'd love to see you there. Okay, my friends, on to our topic for this episode. And today we are talking about mom guilt. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This was actually a really hard episode to prepare for. And I think that's because I don't want to say it's necessarily out of my wheelhouse because I do talk with some of my clients do have children and we'll talk about situations. Um, But like my area of expertise is like cravings, mindset, emotional eating, body image. Right. And yes, mom guilt, guilt is an emotion. And so it can tie into emotional eating. Um. But I kind of I just want to address mom guilt in general, because I know a lot of moms struggle with this and it's not talked about very much. And so maybe just by me sharing this episode, maybe can ease your mind a little bit, ease the guilt a little bit or make you not make you um inspire you. How about that? Inspire you to maybe dive a little bit deeper into like, why am I experiencing mom guilt? So I was inspired by some conversations I've had with clients and with friends in regards to parenting, you know, what we think we need to be doing, um, comparison and self-care and the lack thereof. So now first, I'm, I'm not eliminating and I'm not discriminating here. There may be dad guilt, but I am speaking from the experience of a mom. I don't know if fathers experience the same things as mothers do. So fathers, you may be able to relate or you may not. Just listen and see, I guess. <laughs> so what is mom guilt? According to the Cleveland Clinic, Mom guilt is a name given to the feelings of guilt and shame some people feel when they don't live up to their own or others' expectations of their role as a parent. It's like an internal dialogue that tells you you're failing as a caregiver. So as you can see, there can be a lot of guilt and shame around our performance as a mother, especially in comparison to what we think we should be doing as mothers the word should right there. Mm-hmm. And if we are emotional eaters, guess what? We eat food to cover up unwanted emotions of guilt and shame. Because newsflash, no one likes to feel guilt of shame, right? We don't wake up and be like, I want to feel shame today. No. So we eat ice cream or chips or crackers to cover it up. And that's okay, right? And you know, this is only a temporary solution to a deeper issue the emotion of guilt and shame around your parenting whether or not you end up emotional eating or you just feel like a failure around your parenting I want to help support you with this so let's look at what influences um like what we think motherhood should be like like where do we like get this idea of motherhood So the first ones I want to look at are societal influences. Historically, in our country and in many cultures, women were the child-rears. Our purpose was to have and raise children. That was our job, among other domestic responsibilities, but we were supposed to be the, the caretakers of the children. We were the mothers. Mothers traditionally did not work outside of the home because their responsibility was to take care of the children at home. And oftentimes, once a woman, maybe they were working outside of the house, once they had a child or children, they quit their job and would stay home and take care of the children. Often, we didn't have any other choice. So, And we're talking about history here, right? I'm not talking about today. History, there was a time when we didn't have any other choice. Okay, so looking at our country and the formation, so talking about the formation of the United States of America, no woman or women had a voice in the way it was created or governed. The United States was slash is, that's controversial, a patriarchal society. And now a patriarchy is a social system where men control a disproportionate disproportionate amount of social, economic, political, and religious power. The United States was founded as a patriarchy, and these influences and systems put in place have taken a while to work out, right? We can take things away, but it's this kind of the the after effect, right? The, The culture, the society, um, so it's taken a while to work out and they're and are still in the process of filtering out of our day-to-day lives, right? Patriarchy still shows up, even though we've, yes, we've come a long way, um, but we still it still has shown up in our lives and still will show up in our lives. So just looking historically, women didn't have the right to vote until the 19th Amendment was ratified in 1920. The Equal Pay Act was passed by Congress in 1963, and it wasn't until 1974 that a woman could open up a bank account by herself. So before that, you had to have a man with you, like a father, husband, or brother, to open up a bank account. So the man had total control of any money that you made. As a woman, we have been socialized to be the caretakers that the woman is supposed to take care of the children. Now, you might have cultural or religious influences depending on what culture and religion you grew up in. You know, it may be expected that as a woman, you take care of the children based on your religion or your culture. And then there are biological influences. (laughs) As mothers, We are the ones who carried off often, not always, but often, we are the ones who carried the baby. And so our care for the baby started very early, right, at the time of conception, the time we knew we were pregnant. Um, The pregnant mother is the one responsible for caring for the unborn child. We take on the role of mother early on right we maybe change our diet we don't drink we quit smoking or quit um, i guess don't partake in unhealthy activities or unsafe like i want to go skydiving i think you're like recommended to not ski while you're pregnant so like there's a lot of things as a mother if you're carrying a baby you you're not supposed to do if you breastfeed as a mother you have the responsibility to feed your baby every hour every few hours multiple times a day depending on their age right and this can make it more difficult to be away from your child for an extended period of time aka work um i know breast pumping is a thing we could have a whole nother, uh episode on that <laughs> if anybody has ever breastfed or sorry bre- uh, pumped it's not yeah okay we'll we'll save that for another episode um but it just, it, it makes it more difficult for you to be away from your child for extended period of time. Therefore, mothers tend to stay home with the child versus the father, especially when they're babies. Um, so as mothers, we also have a biological slash emotional tie to our baby. Since our child is so needy as an infant, like babies, they just cry and they're 100% helpless. They rely on us for food, um, for shelter, changing their diaper, keeping them warm, all the things. We have like we have to have a desire and a love for the baby to keep it safe when it's crying all night long and taking up all of our time and energy, right? So we are wired to keep our baby safe. We are wired to want to care for this baby and love this baby and keep it alive. So as mothers... first of all, let me just say this, like, I just want to spell this out. We're not blaming anybody here. We're not, you know, saying like, oh, it's their fault. We're just noticing cultural biological influences as to motherhood, right? Why are mothers tend to be like women, mothers, whatever you want to identify as tend to be the caregivers of children. Um. Okay, so as mothers, we are trying to figure out how to balance it all. All of the competing responsibilities and expectations of our lives, especially now that we can be in the workforce, right? We are in the workforce. We can have kids. We can have kids and be at a job at the same time, right? So we have we we need to find or we're striving to find this balance of all these responsibilities like work, kids, kids activities, grocery shopping, cooking, cleaning, carpooling, paying bills, um your partner, budgeting, kids birthday parties, yard work, doctor's appointments and all the other things that feel, fill our lives. So how do we manage and balance it all? And this is where mom guilt comes in. <laughs> We try and do it all. We try and please everyone, fulfill others' expectations of us and the expe- expectations we put on ourselves, which are just arbitrary expectations that we create in our head. Like we are just creating these expectations in our head, my friend. I do the same thing. Do not worry. And something that fuels these expectations and mom guilt is comparison we are constantly comparing ourselves to others we scroll social media and we see a reel of kids acting perfectly or dressed well with their hair combed and the mom has makeup on and is well dressed and we think why can't i get my child to brush her hair <laughs> i must be failing as a parent and i laugh but like it's it's true it's like why can't i get my my child to brush her hair i must be failing as a parent We get a like a physical, like hand-delivered physical birthday invitation that's handwritten with a theme and rhyming and it's just beautiful. And you judge yourself for sending out a group text invite to your child's birthday. Or you hear about a friend's month-long European vacation with three children, one of them being a baby, and you think, there's no way I would be able to handle that. She can handle so much. She's a better mom than me. So what standards are you holding yourself to? And whose standards are they? Are they your own? Or are they influenced by society, culture, religion, social media, or other moms you know? And really lean into this question think about it. Where are my parenting standards coming from? Who's influencing them? Who am I trying to please? Is it other people? Is it your spouse? Is it your children? These are powerful questions to ponder and think about. Okay, let's talk about the term supermom. And I use this. I'll call people supermoms. Um, I know it sounds nice or maybe something to strive for, right? Like who doesn't want to be super mom, right? Doing it all and having it all. Getting all the things done. Having fun doing it. Not complaining. Not struggling at it. We all know these super moms, right? They look like they just got it all together. Okay. So a super mom is getting kids to school on time. Well-dressed. Healthy lunches made, hairbrush, getting yourself presentable with hair and makeup done, wearing a well-styled outfit, working and getting paid as much as your partner or more, picking up kids from school, taking them to their activities and having a healthy snack and their clothes that they need to change into and they're ready to go. Getting a workout in and your steps in, meal prepping and cooking dinner keeping the house clean, dishes done, laundry clean, folded and put away, making sure your child gets their homework done and done correctly, getting your child or children ready for bed, shower, teeth brush, pajamas on, and read them a story. Then you have time to scroll social media, read your book, and complete your skincare routine, to hop into bed and get eight hours of sleep so you can do it all over again. Okay, my friends, that sounds exhausting to me, right? But that's what we expect of ourselves. That's what we expect our day to look like. Now, in a perfect world, that would be amazing. But my friends, we live in the real world. This is not possible. To expect to have the energy both physically and mentally to do this day after day. And when we don't do this, we feel guilty about it. Usually, the first thing that goes are the things that we do for ourselves. Okay, Walking, reading a book, working out, alone time. We sacrifice these things so that we can give more attention to our children. Because we feel guilty if we're doing stuff for ourselves and we're not giving attention to our kids. But how do you feel in the long run when you don't take time for yourself? I know for me... I get irritated, I get short, and I am like a ticking time bomb. Any second, I'm going to blow. And when I'm tired, irritated, or frustrated, I don't feel like making dinner, and then I feel guilty for not making a healthy dinner for my family. Or I snap at my daughter, and I feel guilty for snapping at my daughter. Now, you play a number of roles in your life. Each role comes with certain expectations. And when you're unable to fulfill all the expectations, something's got to get. And you're forced to prioritize one role over the other. And you feel guilty for it. Working late and you order takeout, I should be making a healthy dinner for my family. If you are a stay-at-home mom, I should be contributing to our family financially. Snapped at your child, I should be more patient with my child. Unread messages from family and friends, I should be making more time for my family and friends. It's rude not to message them back. Going out to dinner without kids, I shouldn't be looking forward to time away from my kids. And all of these shoulds or shouldn'ts add up to guilt around your ability to parent. So I hope you are starting to grasp the concept of mom guilt or can see where it shows up for you in your life if it is showing up for you. So now I want to ask you, does mom guilt serve you? This is a question only you can answer for yourself. Does mom guilt serve you? If you think this does serve you, then continue doing what you're doing, and you can probably skip to the next episode. But if you think that mom guilt does not serve you, then I have some strategies to help you maybe start thinking of letting go of mom guilt. So how do we start to let go of mom guilt? First, we need to explore how you think of yourself as a mother. What are your thoughts about being a mother? Go ahead and list them all. What are they? Now ask yourself, are they true? Meaning, are they facts? Or are they just opinions about you? So for example, a fact, I dropped my daughter off to school five minutes after the bell rang. Total fact, right? My thought is I'm such a horrible mom. I can't even get my daughter to school on time. What am I teaching her? Everyone else can get their kid to school on time. Do you see the difference? The fact is I dropped my daughter off to school five minutes after the bell rang. And then I had a thought about that. So oftentimes we see our thoughts as facts and not our own opinions about ourselves. So I want you to separate the facts from your thoughts or your opinions. Next, I want you to recognize why you have the beliefs you do about mothering. What are your influences? Of course, I think I should get my child to school on time because I grew up in an environment where being on time was very important and it was frowned upon to be late. Okay, Of course, right? And then we can add on to that, and I'm open to changing my beliefs about being on time. This does not say anything about my parenting ability. Whether I'm on time or not has nothing to do with my parenting ability. So you are recognizing your influence and choosing another way to think about it if it is not serving you and creating guilt around your ability to mother. Right. So next, I want you to redefine what a good mother is. And I put good mother in quotations. Like, what is our definition of a good mother? What is a good mom? What makes a good mom? Before you go answering that question, I want you to let go of outside influences. Let go of social media posts what you see on TV, or how other people parent their child or children. I want want you to define it from what do you think makes a good mom. Not what other people think. Not what you think you should be doing. What do you, you as a person, you as a soul, think makes a good mom? Is it loving your child? Is it listening to your child? Is it reading to your child? What is it for you? Me personally, I like to look at the basic needs, food and water, shelter and love. I am able to provide food, water, shelter, and love to my child every day. And I work hard to make sure that happens. Everything else on top of that is icing on the cake. But you need to define what a good mother is to you. And guess what? You can create whatever definition you want. I give you permission. Next, stop comparing. I mean it. When I am on social media and I notice myself starting to compare myself, I remove myself immediately. I close out the app or I X out the tap. That's not serving me and I shut it down like coming home to a teenage party, you shot it down. Comparing does not serve you. It only brings you down and makes you feel bad about your ability to be a mom. So stop following accounts that make you feel judged or that you find yourself comparing yourself to. Now, I want to make a note here that I didn't go into other people's opinions much on this episode. And I know there is a lot to cover on parenting and mothering and mom guilt. And it can't be covered in one episode. But if you are like, well, what are other people going to think about me? Right? What other people are going to judge me as a parent? I have an episode called Other People's Opinions. It's episode 21. Take a listen to that. And I address how we, interact with, and manage other people's opinions. Okay, lastly, self-care. Self-care is usually the first thing that goes for mothers. We think that we must sacrifice in order to give our kids more than what we have. But how do you show up when you aren't taking care of yourself? I know I show up irritated, frustrated, and short-fused. I'm not as fun of a person as I usually am. It is so important to take time to fill your cup because when you do, you show up in a whole different way. You show up energized, patient, empathetic, and loving. Now, it doesn't have to be these big, grandiose self care experiences, but maybe it's listening to a podcast, reading a book, taking a 15 minute walk, sitting in your room by yourself. It can be these little things that help fill your cup. What will you do? to help fill your cup okay my friends there's one last thing i think i've maybe two last things <laughs> there's so much to say like i said um that i wanted to address because i know this is an area of struggle with many of us and that is screen time why do we feel so guilty for letting our kids watch tv or screens guess what All they want to do is watch screens. So why do we feel guilty? They're like, yes, I get to watch a screen. I get to watch Netflix or I get to play a game. Like they're so excited. And I know there's research out about how much screen time a child should have. And there's the influence of social media as your child gets older. But feeling guilty and acting from a place of guilt is not going to get you to change your child's screen time. It's not going to be the most effective way. You are the parent, and you get to decide how much screen time your child gets. Don't worry about what other people say or what other people do. You get to decide. But don't feel guilty for it, whether you think it's too much or too little. You are the authority. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) There may be more sometime later down the road. And then lastly, okay, really this is lastly, kids are going to cry. They are going to throw a tantrum. They are going to not agree with you sometimes and argue with you sometimes, and that's okay. This is their life experience, and you are not in charge of their feelings or emotions. You are not responsible for your child's feelings or emotions. Let them live the life that they are supposed to live, and you show up how you want to show up as a mother. That's your responsibility. Show up how you want to show up as a mother. You're doing amazing things and you are an amazing parent. Okay, my friends, this is all I have for you today. Join me for my next episode where we talk about what your cravings are telling you. Okay, my friends, until next time. Bye, y'all.